Welcome to Coffee, Beans, and Booze. I'm Jasmine. And I'm Shyla. And we're thriving in a small town. It's Catherine and Jasmine and drunk Shyla. It's time for Coffee and Booze. Clink. Hey, Shyla. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, Jasmine. How are you? I'm doing all right. I am appropriately representing today. I have a fully caffeinated chocolate mocha that I just made in my kitchen. Um, I would love to say that I had a fancy espresso machine or something, but that would be a lie. Um, that would include me like opening a packet and putting it in the cup and then doing my Keurig right over top of it. So yeah, that's, that's where <laughs> I'm at today. Uh, but well, As long as it's tasty, right? It is. And it is tasty, yeah. much like our subject today. We're talking about relationships today, and I'm so excited because because we're such relationship people, for sure. Yes, I mean, in what we're doing, we have to have the right connections and the right people and know the right people, right? So we do. It makes it, yeah. Yeah, yes. definitely. And, and that drives drives so much of what we do and how we do it, sure. So. And, it, and it brings us so much joy, right? So there, yes, there's the relationship mm-hmm. building to benefit the nonprofits and to benefit our community, but it's just really great to know people as well. And part of the fun of this podcast is we're getting to interview so many fantastic people in our community and build those relationships and have other people know them. So I'm excited for that. So Yeah, it is exciting. Sure. And it's exciting how people have been excited for us and with us to come on board. So we're going to be talking uh, with Heather Richardson later on in our podcast here uh, today and uh, leading up to that you know she's a relationship person and so we thought we'd take some time to talk a little bit about relationships and what they mean to us yeah yeah definitely so have you always been a relationship person Um, I think so I mean I, I always saw the value in being connected to people in some capacity. Uh, my parents knew a lot of people growing up and I kind of thought that was cool. And, you know, um, while they have very different relationships with people in terms of like how they engage with them, maybe in their like extracurricular time versus like getting business done um, is, is very different for me. Uh, they were always like we would go somewhere and they would know people. And I just thought that that was really important, like just having that kind of connection. Yeah. How about for you? Yeah. I hear you. I've always been a relationship person too. Um, I'm an only child pretty much. And so I spent a lot of time with adults and like you, my parents were the prime examples of that in my life. Um, and they definitely were relationship people, especially my dad. He was quite a character and people really gravitated towards his um, extroverted spirit. And I think I got a lot of that from him. So yeah, I'm definitely the kind of person who feeds off of the energy of others. Um, but I've also over time become painfully aware of making sure that I don't suck the energy from others in those relationships because I can be really exuberant about things and and finding that balance um, for sure is something that I, I try to be conscious of. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, in in the theme of small town living, we talk a lot about, you know, people being related, interconnected well. Um, So, Jasmine, tell me a little bit about uh, some of the relationships you worry about exhausting in your life. Oh, my gosh. Uh, You know, so many people, I worry about that in that way because I don't want to overextend them. And being a small town, many of the relationships that I have through my organization, I also have through other organizations. And so I'm painfully aware of what they do. Um, Being a nonprofit, profit that is supporting the youth, I be I try to be really careful about um, exhausting the parents who deal with that. You know, we want them to be volunteers. We want them to be able to be involved with uh, their student. We, we need them, quite honestly. We need their support and them to be doers and to do with us. But I also know that we are one piece of organ organization when they have so many others. Um, and so I often worry about the um, the pressure that we put on, um, on our parent volunteers, for sure. That's definitely something that I worry about. About. Uh, we have volunteers from the community who don't have any children associated with the program. They truly do it out of the love of their heart. And sometimes I worry about over exhausting them in something that they're doing where, you know, they, they truly have come to this um, through some other path. Uh, Greg and Sean, who are really wonderful um designers for our program um, are individuals like that. They, you know, that I, I, I often hope that we're not exhausting their talents and their pieces in that because it's it's hard whenever you, you know, you're hoping that so many other people would help too. So yeah, so I worry about that a lot, um, for sure. Yeah, how about you? Yeah. How about you? Yeah. What's, what's sort of your constituency that you worry about exhausting uh, the relationships that you have? That's a great question. Yeah, I mean, we clock like 
I don't know, 350 volunteer hours a week. And so I worry about doing the ask of above and beyond, you know, can you do this extra thing mm-hmm. or can you, you know, just in the, in the daily lives of, of the volunteers, um, I worry about, you know, I'm, I'm very data and tech driven. So we have some really cool stuff that we've put into place um, at the Karen Cupboard, but it's been cool for me, but really hard for the volunteers. And so I worry about the exhaustion of like, oh, now what's she rolling out? Right. Like now what's the ask going to be? Like what that kind of stuff. And and it's really cool stuff that saves me a ton of time on the back end. Mm-hmm. Um, but the criticism that I get is sometimes really, really challenging because, you know, I see the value in it. Obviously, you know, having a cloud-based database that we can go to for our, um, our guest check-in and services, that kind of stuff has been a huge help to me. But, you know, recently I had a volunteer say to me, well, you just never thought about what it would do to us right. and having, you know, this is a saving time for you, but you don't understand what it does to us. Um, so, you know, it's just interesting to kind of like go through that. But also it's interesting on the other side of that. Like if we look at perspective, um, I kind of I sometimes get get criticized in the same way for not asking for help. I get because, that often. You know, I do. I get. Yes. The, I get yeah, the um, you, total criticism of the um, one. I get two things. I get the have you ever thought of this? I've got I get that a lot. But I often get the why don't you just let us do this? And I think, well, because it would take me 25 times as long to explain it to you, but also because I need your efforts in other spaces. Just because you saw that that needs to be done does not really mean that that's where I'd like you to spend your efforts because I really need it over here kind of a thing. You know, that that often is the kind of thing that happens. And so I totally know what you mean um, in that kind of level. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and being and balancing that with like, I'm one of two and a half paid people so you know what is it where does my job begin and end in terms of what should I be doing versus asking a volunteer to do uh, yeah so it becomes this really like muddy kind of area so it'd be interesting to know how the listeners feel about that like where you know where they feel because you know you're a paid staff in, mm-hmm. in, in musical world Absolutely, so like yeah. is that your responsibility because you're the paid staff or is it the responsibility of a volunteer who could do it just as well yeah so I get this very like push pull kind of feeling all the time of like where can I ask a volunteer where is it too much like yeah, yeah. I get a little less of that because it is like a stipend based kind of deal versus right, yeah. like my full job <laughs> it's, it's not your full time job I mean, yeah and I don't think it's anybody's secret you know that they know that I, I put in more than I take out to it in that kind of way but but a lot of times people will be like or you know but but I'm going to ask the really big question where since we're talking about volunteers what's your biggest volunteer frustration Oh boy! Did we cover this a little bit in in our first interview? I mean, uh, maybe yes and no. Like it's tough. Like I'll, I'll I'll tell you, my biggest frustration is when I ask something and they decide it's not worthy or necessary. You know what I mean? Kind of a deal. And yeah. because for me, I have to like let it go because sometimes I feel like it's a respect thing. Like if I if I have asked you to do it, I promise I've given it a lot of thought. You know, kind of a deal, and it it really is necessary. So yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's a good, that's a good one. Definitely for sure. The other one is, uh, people not asking questions Mm. and maybe they don't know the appropriate question to ask, or maybe they think they're exhausting me by asking questions. And so they don't. Uh, but for instance, (laughs) we just had distribution and somebody threw away like eight boxes of pastries because they didn't think they were good. So they Mm -hmm. just threw them away without asking. I'm like, you're not here to make decisions. And I don't mean that in a mean way, but like, you know, the, the, the ask was go and get this ready. It was already gone through. It was already sorted. It was, you know, all of these things. And then suddenly I'm watching them throwing things in the dumpster before I could stop them from doing it. And (laughs) I'm like, wait, yeah, you're not here to make decisions, and sometimes you are. And so, yes, it's the balance. It's a very delicate balance of and, like and you don't want to like right. as being a volunteer in that way too. I know that for that difficulty where I want to be as helpful as I can be, and sometimes I think you'd benefit from me making a decision, but maybe sometimes you know not so much. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. So that's that's a challenging piece because you know people are there, and I think there are varying levels of why people come to volunteer. Mm-hmm. Right. There's there's a personal reason. There is a community reason. There's a time reason. You know, there's a whole lot of things going on there um, that I, I think it just makes it challenging to understand the underpinnings of why people come to volunteer. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes helps to inform how to approach that volunteer and the importance of building that that volunteer relationship. 
I mean, I know we're going to talk about relationships in other ways here too, but how do you, how do you build that volunteer relationship? Because it is so important, right? We can't do anything we do without volunteers and without their support. And in a community of our size, we know that they're, you know, we, we share some common volunteers who I literally know leave the caring cupboard in the morning and come to help with musical in the afternoon. And so, you know, how do you build those relationships to make sure that they do feel thanked and appreciated and, and good gratitude, gratitude towards them? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is the, what does appreciation look like? And I ask them volunteers all the time. Like one time we were going to have t-shirts made and they were like, we don't need t-shirts to, for you to say thank you. You know, we're here because we want to be here. And, and at the same time, like there's a quid pro quo that happens there, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm doing something for you. So you should do something for me. And maybe there's just some subtlety in all of that. Like, you know, what is a thin appropriate thank you? Um, and how do you accept a thank you? Like, I don't it's know. So I was hard, chal- right? Mm-hmm. It is. And, and I was, ch- I was actually, actually challenged by this in one of my pastor sermons uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, where he was talking about sometimes the thank you is not about you. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes the thank you is about the person being able to close the loop and say, I want you to know how much I appreciate whatever you've done. Um, and yeah, that was a that was an interesting interesting yeah. challenge for the way that I have seen thank yous because I, I'm not driven by that. I'm not driven by mm-hmm. a thank you. I'm not driven by what, you know, that kind of thing, but I know other people are and, you know, kind of, yeah. There's a closing of the loop though. There's a closing of the loop. And I, and I love that you use that, that term because for me, thank sending that thank you and doing that thank you is often closure because I want to make sure people know that I am thankful and being able to do that last piece means something, you know, um, I'm a, even, even when I leave the school at the end of the night with a very tired crew, who's been in doing whatever it is that they've done of adults, you know, I always am yelling across the, the parking lot. Thank you. And I really mean it because I, I do really mean it, but sometimes I feel like the thank yous are so hard to make sincere in the moment they're just it's tough right oh yeah absolutely yeah and uh, just uh, on the like the side of receiving gifts like as a social worker you know in my MSW program it's like drilled into your head to never receive thank yous like you don't receive a gift right Right. so in in a client therapy situation of course like that's that's a different story but sometimes we have volunteers or or clients who come in who are like I just wanted you to know how much I appreciate you and here's a small token of my appreciation and be being able to accept that and and I would say probably before like the, my pastor challenged me in that way I was much more reluctant to receive that but someone got me recently got me a like a dollar item from the dollar mm-hmm. tree and you know before I probably would have been like I really shouldn't accept that but thank you for thinking of me I just I took it because it was important for her to like well, you know be there, able to right? say it, exactly there's a pride in being yeah. able to say some whether whether it's a gift or whether it's just a heartfelt thank you it makes you feel warm and good and it makes you want to go out and do more and and that's really what our relationships are about at the end of the day right our relationships are about us maximizing the effectiveness of our of the mission of our organizations. So at the end of the day, building those relationships, whether it's through volunteers, whether it's through, you know, people in our community in some way, whatever that happens to be is really important to build, right? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of what we do relies on sponsorship or people being financially helpful to our organizations, whether it be in the musical, um, LVC is the same way, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it relies on so much. Um, so, you know, the Karen Cupboard, Paul Myers Great Give, like all of these things we do rely so heavily on people being willing to give their financial contributions or or in-kind con- contributions, that kind of stuff. What are some of the places that you're, where, uh, where are or what are some of the places that you're concerned about going or tapping or like what maybe what was a leap of faith you took one time that like ended up being fruitful, that kind of thing? Sure. So I think the places that I usually am and the most concerned for, but I do it anyway, are so many of our local restaurants and establishments because I know they get so many asks on them, um, but it really does help us so often when we have gift cards or we have things that we can use because I can get so much participation by having a reward or an award for something. And I do feel good about the common um, publicity that comes from that then, but I, I, I worry that I'm exhausting it in that way. Probably one of the, the things that um, I really made me stop and think and was really successful, even though it was an ask that I was really like, oh my gosh, what's happening here is um, I have a family member who lives in town here. My aunt lives lives in town and she kept sort of um, 
every day she was reminding me for a while to put an ask out to a business that really isn't related to the musical at all in any way. Like they they don't have a child who's in the theater program. They they don't have any children in the district. They um, I've never seen them at a production or anything like that. They're not individuals that I see often, um, but they own a predominant business here um, in town. That um, and she kept saying, you know, hey, Jasmine, I have this relationship. They keep asking me about it. I think you need to send the ask over. I think you need to do this. And I was hesitant because it wasn't my relationship. I was hesitant because it wasn't like I really felt like it was a cold call. And I have no problem asking for financial support because I believe that people Mm -hmm. give to what they care about. And as long as I have made that caring argument well and made a link to it, I have no problem. I also have no problem when some people say this isn't the time or I can't right now. Like, I'm totally respectful of that, but I've never been the person who has felt bad about asking. And I'm sure that comes from my time in working in both politics and advancement in higher ed that I just I think if people care, they'll give. And if they can, they'll give kind of a deal. And this was out of my comfort zone because it wasn't my relationship and it wasn't my piece. And I was literally cold calling through an email kind of a deal. And sure enough, a check came in for a couple of hundred dollars and sponsorship, which is a big deal for us in in our land. You know, um, that might not be a lot to other organizations but for us it was huge I mean you know a couple of hundred dollars buys several costumes or prints a quarter of our program or whatever it happens to be and so it it was really meaningful and so um, I'm very excited this just happened not long ago and I'm very excited to follow up on that and say you know thank you particularly in this season where we've had so much going on um, I'm really thankful for that and I think for me it reminded me that I do need to put myself out there to that was the start of a relationship I'm used to asking when that is a developed relationship And I think I really have to keep in mind that it is not it's about continually establishing. And sometimes that intro happens from the from a place that you think is unlikely for sure. Yeah. How about you? How about you? You you have different things coming in from all different sources. I mean, it's just on such a a larger scale. So, you know, do you have a a support relationship that kind of happened that took you by surprise? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah, I so I have to be completely honest in saying that I am definitely, I, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm a social worker um, and coming to development land or coming to terms with development land because I, ha- I have to do it, right? I have mm-hmm. to fundraise. Right. If I'm not fundraising, I'm not an effective ED. Um, so, you know, coming to terms with it over the last couple of years, um, it's been it's been hard, um, but I definitely uh, start to, I, I've started to see uh, kind of your argument that if people care about a thing, they're mm-hmm. going to support it. And if they can, they'll support it. Um, so, you know, I, I think one of our future podcast episodes, we're, we're going to talk about capacity and community mm-hmm. capacity Absolutely. and our beliefs about that, because I think it's so important um, to really highlight that, you know, there's what is it less than two percent of household um income is given to organizations so Mm -hmm. there's definitely more room for growth in some of those areas um so yeah i think i have i have gotten a little bit better the three years ago shiloh would have been like everyone i'm afraid to ask everyone (laughs) (laughs) which is so funny Um, because i see you as so brave you know i do i see you as so brave so often Mm -hmm. and i see you you have these incredible relationships i mean we literally call you mayor shiloh and i mean that to no respect (laughs) to our current mayor but because you know like I will have ladies for lunch with you and literally everyone will stop and talk to you about not just hi how are you and how are the boys and and how are these things or I saw you at this and that but truly asking you about this incredibly important work that you do and I know a lot of people like don't get me wrong I'm not acting like I'm sitting in the corner not knowing people but you have this warm relationship with people um and it And it's just so heartwarming to see because I think people really do want to um, give to the caring cupboard, of course, to to help provide a sustainability of food and feeding to our community. But you have built so many of those relationships. And in that way, they'll listen to you. They'll listen to you about very important things like, you know, when you talk about how many um, clients who come to the caring cupboard are working hard and doing those things or the individuals who come back later um, to the caring cupboard as volunteers and those different pieces. Those are only stories you get to share because of the relationships you've developed. And so absolutely. Yeah, so cool. And I think I think people see both of us as being so passionate about what we're doing that yeah. it's easy to get behind it. You right? brought me so to this, you, yeah, you brought me to the Sertoma Club one time and, and yeah, had yeah. me talk with them. And they were they were so sweet, who have become wonderful supporters. So thank you to the Sertoma Club Club because they really have been supportive. Um and so you but they, it was so funny because one of the gentlemen who who I didn't know and we were surprised we hadn't crossed paths along the way, he said to me, Boy, any 
anybody who would talk to you could see the passion that you have for these students and what they're learning. And it made him passionate about what my students were doing, which made me so proud. You know, like I want them to know that these these kids are so bright and and collaborating so well and communicating so well and making a difference all the time in their communities. So, right. Yeah. Yeah, So I think the way that we we cultivate cultivate that relationship uh, in our community is by yeah demonstrating that pride and and what we're doing and and the passion behind why we do what we do because it's all for good reason right like Mm -hmm. whether or not somebody else from the outside believes it's a good reason you know theater education Mm -hmm. feeding the hungry like you know whatever there are people who don't believe that our organizations are you know have merit the response that we get sometimes but you know I think that we really do uh we're we're out there representing that because it is it is something Mm -hmm. that we really really believe in so I don't think you can do this kind of work without that kind of passion right or or do it successfully right it's yeah particularly for growth we're we're on the um on the cusp now of growth we're about to become palmyra theater um the 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 play uh straight drama non-musical is about to come under our same umbrella so i'd like to think that that is a a sign of the success we've had over the last decade and with that is going to become a financial growth that we need um and so you know i'm in a different spot than i've been i've been sort of at a sustaining kind of place um for needing to build these relationships and i'm going to have to look at that differently and i'm going to have to look at it and say okay we've built these relationships but i need to springboard them to something bigger and so i'm really going to be back in that cultivating relationship space uh, again instead of sort of maintaining and furthering relationships and deepening them i'm going to need to be back to cultivating new relationships again which is really smart and and a place where organizations really should be so i'm excited for that because i think our organization needs it um i think all organizations Correct. Right. If you're not growing, you're dying. It's Correct. there's, you know, there's there's definitely some truth in all of that and ways that you can continue to put your kind of tentacles out there to, to sort of be involved in in lots of different ways right. and not totally directly related to what you're doing. We, you know, the Karen Cupboard, the board of the Karen Cupboard has allowed me the opportunity to kind of go out and be a part of the community, which has allowed me some really cool opportunities um, with some of the coalitions that I work with. And yeah, it's it's interesting that, you know, you become kind of a pivotal point in all of that when you get to put yourself out there like that. Yeah, and the yeah, great overlap. Sure. I was just having a conversation with a gentleman who um, was the chaplain at the college um, up until just a, a few days ago. And he... Um, I said to him, I, I was sure to, to talk with him, and I said, I just want to wish you well, and I know the church you're going to. And I said, um, I'd love to tell you you're sick of me, but it's such a small town. Um, you know, we're going to overlap so much. Like, I'm betting that I might actually see you more in town now than I did at my job <laughs> because yeah. it's that type of place. And he laughed, and I go, no, I'm serious. Like, I can leave yeah. for you. Like, the fact, and I was telling you about, about different friends, different people, different volunteers we have with our organization, people I have relationships with who will be part of his congregation and I was excited for him and them in that way. And he was like, you really know a lot of people from this church. And I said, well, what you're missing is I know a lot of people in town. Like, you know, because yeah. <laughs> that's just kind of the way this town works. And, and he was laughing. And I said, I'm telling you right now, it'll be less than four weeks and you will see me. So don't miss me too much kind of yeah. a deal. But it's true. You live in a small town. You can't hide from the relationships. You need, you need to embrace them and find them. And, and that doesn't mean you have to get along with everyone. But it means that because we're constantly looking for the relationships to build to the greater good right I mean that's the ultimately sure. why so Shyla how do you think that that happens in a town this size how do you how do you take those relationships and grow them for the better good for the bigger good not just the good for small little pockets of things but you know we talk about this exhaustion how, how do you not exhaust those relationships but but use them for the greater good yeah that's a great question I um I, I we've seen this we haven't really talked about this. Um, the Karen Cupboard has a really exciting project coming down the pike. And um, we had an opportunity, uh, one of the people who is, is uh, affording us some land to be able to, to do this project, um, he and I went to a meeting with the bur- some of the people in the borough. And while I don't have a good relationship with, them, not a good relationship, while I didn't really have a relationship with them, I had actually never met the borough manager before this point a couple of months ago. Um, he had known so much about the organization and had so much overlap with people who knew me related to the organization, that kind of thing, um, that they were super excited about the prospect of the project that we have happening. Um, so it was really evident in that moment that getting the right people around you mm-hmm. and you know the people who are who are speaking for you when you aren't there to speak for yourself, that kind of thing, you know, like all of those things kind of came together in this moment. And I was like, wow, it really is important to be out there. So 
so those you know those little engagements just getting to know people like Paba is one of them sometimes they have mixers that's mm-hmm. the Palmyra Area Business Association I've gone to a couple of those and just interface with some new people um, that actually ended up being some of the best things that I've done with my time was because now I have people who are saying yes you know she is worth this investment it yeah. is okay to move forward with this project and it ended up working out really well in our favor so that's yeah great. it's a uh, yeah it's interesting how all of those things come together so it is important when you know, even when you don't feel like doing those some of those mm-hmm. things right the networking piece is so important because you don't know who knows somebody else well and it helps to introduce the organization you know we both sometimes have this complex of being the face of organizations and trying to make sure that we're bringing volunteers or we're bringing you know I'm bringing students you're bringing volunteers you're bringing Kenzie you're bringing different people with us you know but it actually does the opposite when we're out there spreading the news of our organizations it's actually spreading the news of the organization right it's it's introducing mm-hmm. that to a whole new group of people so that they're not just hearing our names but they're when they're hearing the organization they have something to attach to it so mm-hmm. you know I think sometimes that is what helps in those relationships to do the greater good as well is to spread that greater mission further which is really at the end of the day people can't support something that they don't know about that just absolutely just yeah and Mm -hmm. you know obviously on the downside of that is is secession planning and what that looks like and and figuring out what happens to your nonprofit when the face of the nonprofit is no longer there or you know it has another job opportunity or whatever obviously that's another future podcast episode (laughs) Uh, we could talk all day about that right but you know in these moments I yeah uh, you know it it terrifies me in the ways and and in other ways that's a really exciting thing so you know I kind of have found my groove so I don't think about like I'm I'm not leaving my organization anytime soon especially with this great project going on Um, so but you know thinking about you know I I tell Kenzie all the time I'm like so if a bus hits me tomorrow (laughs) you should know this she's like stop it (laughs) I'm like well you never know right I always turn to you know in the middle of a season or the middle of a project I always turn to somebody I'm like yo you're in charge kind of a deal Um, but I had a super cool thing and that happened Um, I had a, a with a very unique project last year I had the opportunity to really build those relationships with students in a way that I hadn't been before in a leadership way. We always give them leadership opportunities, but it was truly a way where I could take someone and say, if I got hit by the bus, it's you who actually could run this and not necessarily the adults around you. And it was interesting how that relationship building in that way really built their confidence, um, which is what happens with adults and and students. You know, adults in our community, I really find that when I take the time to build their relationship, they are so proud and so confident in what they can do. And, you know, I was talking about about um, Sean and Greg earlier about, about like that I don't ever want to exhaust them and one of the coolest things that I watched this year was they had a plan for how they could step back some and they took that on in a way where they then built, built additional relationships with people who can help to continue their fantastic um, work. They are two individuals who I just loved watching them do that because they were so thoughtful in how to build those relationships that you know they were looking so big picture of how they were able to balance their lives while keep taking care of their relationship with the organization it was really something that I think I learned so much from and I'm so thankful that they taught me in that way about relationships and how that was and I love that they are able to maintain their relationship at the level that they want to with our organization knowing that any day they can open the door and always do as much or as little as comfortable in their life and to know that we'll have them in that you know which was really great so yeah yeah no yeah, for it's, sure. it's awesome yeah so relationships it's what makes this whole thing tick right yeah so yeah for sure so we'll we'll go now to our interview with uh heather richardson yeah she's gonna and also she- talk about relationships and how to do the greater good um which will be really wonderful to to talk with her i can't wait to hear what she has to say absolutely thank you thanks <laughs> We're super excited to be with you today. So funny because Shyla and I were talking about you last Friday and then lo and behold, I go out in the evening to celebrate a dear friend of ours. Shyla was headed in a little bit afterwards and mm-hmm. I ran into you yep. and very quickly we were able to do business right there at the bar in our, our local establishment. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I love this. Shyla and I talk about this mm-hmm. all the time about how one of the things that's great about living in a small town is we're so small and nimble that we can get work done right away. And one of the tips is take care of what you can immediately. So Absolutely. like we have ladies who lunch uh, every 
week and we get some work done and, and we get together and whatever um, nonprofit things we're working on or whatever business things we're working on, one of the rules is take care of what you can right away. So when I saw you at the bar, I walked over, I told you about it. You were so excited. Shiloh walked in. We talked about it. She yep. scheduled you by like Monday. Yep. Absolutely. We're crazy, yeah. right? Yes. It was absolutely crazy. And the cool part is today we're actually on site at Heather's office, right? So yes. do you want to tell us a little bit about where we are? Absolutely. Um, I own the North Star Financial Group with a business partner, Sean Redding. Uh, we've been together, working together for 15 years. We've actually been together in business since 2011. Okay. Um, we exist in this beautiful building at 200 East It Main is stunning. It's, it's so nice. Yeah. We just did a renovation, uh, really to enhance what we do with our clients and giving them a place to land, a comfortable space uh, when they come to see us and just sort of be able to gather their thoughts mm -hmm. um, before we actually get to start our regular meetings yeah. with and them. And it's a beautiful space. It's comfortable. I feel It is. It's, I'm going to move in, yeah. I think, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, and we've had many people say that they'd like to show up an hour early for their appointment yeah. just so that they can come and sit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's I bet. But what a great testament to you listening and knowing what your clients need. I think that's amazing because I think you probably, you know, that thought that you want to give them a space where they can collect their thoughts and be relaxed so mm -hmm. that they can have these conversations mm -hmm. so that you can do the best good for them. Absolutely. Yes. And that's what we're going to talk about some yeah. today. We're going to talk about how do we do the, the greatest good, right? We have these efforts. We only have so much time we can maximize in our lives. Correct. So how do we do the greatest good with all of our gifts, right? But before we start, you yeah. have some questions. We have questions. We all do. Right. So coffee beans, you want to kick up. it off? Yeah. So tell us, what is your favorite coffee, your, your your favorite frou-frou coffee drink? Frou-frou coffee drink would have to be steamed milk with vanilla and then the coffee added in a little bit later. Oh, so, I love that's that. That's my favorite. All when right. my kids were little, I used to make them a thing called calm milk, you know, when, when oh, kids yes. get a little bit and I would say, do we need some calm milk? And I would steam some milk and put some vanilla in it and it made everything better oh, for yeah. sure. It so, certainly does. Yeah, so yeah. I'm glad you have your I'm version I'm also a big that. fan of tea yes. and Three J's does make the best London yeah. fog ever. So. They do. Yeah. I um, love a London yes. fog. Yeah. So. And a sugar cup. In a to-go cup. I know. I'm a big to-go cup. I have this theory yes. that in a to-go cup, it stays warmer longer. Okay. And so I'll either bring my own to-go cup or they put one in it. And I just think, because I think a mug That's sucks fun. the heat out of it. Yeah, Absolutely. It's I'm a weirdo and very specific. It's all right. Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, yes. no. We still love you. Thank you. Uh, so uh, but the other yeah, side the, here The is, other question is, uh, what's your favorite booze or cocktail? Okay. I'm a very brand preferent gin and tonic drinker. Okay. Uh, my favorite brand is Bar Hill. And it comes out of Vermont. Oh. Um, so, yeah. yeah. I just right. fell in love with it. One time when we were in Alexandria, Virginia, yeah. went to this great place, and a gentleman introduced me to it. Um, he was a bartender, and he said, you know, knowing what I know about you, these are the things I think you would like, and we narrowed it down, and it was spot on, and I can't go back. That's amazing. So, <laughs> are you able to find it locally? I was going to ask the same question. Yes. I am not in every liquor store, but right now the Hershey one one of the other benefits of our it. small town is we are a small town but we are centrally located around some areas yeah. that, that have lots of things Absolutely. one being Hershey is nearby we're only an hour and a half from Philadelphia like we've got great right. stuff near us so yeah. yes. I'm glad cool. your supplies can I get know. through <laughs> that's amazing Definitely. So our third and final question well for this little piece um, yes. is what is your passion my passion is two things relationships and making sure that we can give back um, to our communities uh, with the resources that we've been able to generate either through income or um, just, you know, our personality traits. Um, relationships, number one, uh, for me, my, um, some of my best friends are still my, are my friends from elementary school. Mm -hmm. um, we see them. Everyone dreads going to their class reunions. We can't wait to go to our <laughs> sure, class reunions because yeah. we yeah. still get a high level of attendance. Mm -hmm. And that really is a testament to relationships that we've continued to foster through the years. Um, I look at relationships very seriously as far as my business is concerned as well. If we do financial planning, um, you basically take somebody's financial world into your hands and then guide them through that piece but uh, before you can do that you have to know them you have to trust them uh, you have to be committed to that relationship so that's a, a longer process mm -hmm. than most transactional businesses yeah. uh, so we take that very very seriously here and um, and, you, and you've turned that into you you were saying to us that you know you've had this long-term goal of making sure that you're keeping you're running lean and mean so that you can you can do Absolutely. what so that so what is your end goal get, right our end goal is really to, how, how can we give back to the communities that we work together um, with um, Sean and I have been lucky enough to be on 
um, the board of a, of a foundation in the Lower Dolphin School District called the Make a Difference Foundation, the Reese Kelly Foundation. Uh, so we've been very generous through that because that's part of Sean's community because he's in the Lower Dolphin sure. School mm-hmm. District. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in terms of being in Palmyra, we have given back to so many different organizations, but really uh, the Karen Cupboard has been on my radar mm-hmm. for a little while. Um, and we have some clients who are also uh, volunteers and uh, get involved heavily with that. So um, one of the things that we did with our new room here is we put it out to our clients saying, I'd love you to stop by the new space, but when you come, I'd like you to bring something for the Karen Cupboard. Um, and this morning we had our very first uh, drop-offs. So this idea of building those relationships and finding out what your community cares about, I think is really quite amazing. So, you know, you there are so many organizations and we talk about that. We talk about there's so many organizations and one of the reasons that Palmyra's Great Give came out of that was we wanted to maximize the benefit of good for so many because, you know, every organization is working so hard but we have a limited base here, right? Mm-hmm. We can't Absolutely. keep asking the same right. people we over and over base. again. And mm-hmm. also the idea that we can't, as much as we want to give every last penny of what we make, Absolutely. we can't do that. But how can we leverage our skills and talents to make the most benefit? And so it sounds like that's a little bit about what you talk about too, right? Is that just mm-hmm. the monetary value of what you can give back to an organization or to a group or whatever, but mm-hmm. how can you leverage your skills and tools? And mm-hmm. so how are some ways that you think you're, you're able to do that with what your business or in your personal oh, life? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, just uh, one of the things that my husband and I used to do is he was at Milton Hershey School for a long time, um, and we were substitute house parents. And um, that was every other weekend from Friday at 5 o'clock till Sunday at 10 o'clock. That's so a big commitment. It was a yeah. huge commitment yeah. for a young married couple. Yeah. It was yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. And once again, sort of circling back to relationships, we have relationships continue to have relationships with many of those boys that were in our student home. We actually are going next month to one of their weddings. That's amazing. It's actually the weekend of the musical, and I know this because Scott talked to me, and he said, but he said, you know, we wouldn't miss for anything else. Can I come to a rehearsal? Can we work this out? And what what is really a testament to Scott is I told the students that. I said, just so you know, Dr. Richardson won't be here, but he'll be here earlier. And they knew that this must be such an important relationship because they know how dedicated he is he to cheering them on. He would never program. miss this. Never and miss. so they were excited that they will kind of get to preview for him and, oh, and do that. So oh, I think they're actually, yeah. because he was so proactive, thinking about the relationships mm-hmm. he has with the students and, and all yeah. of this. So I think it's a testament on both sides. So, well, yeah. But you're going to the wedding. That's yeah. We're going to the wedding. Yeah. He lived with mm-hmm. us for a couple of summers um, mm-hmm. while he was growing oh, up. Um, he actually, when my daughter Carly was two, was the year that we drove him to Bucknell University and dropped him off as a freshman. Oh, wow. wow. And what unique relationship that was that how many years later Carly ended up going to Bucknell. Bucknell, So I have a picture of Jesse and Carly at Bucknell, you know, as a two and an 18 year old. Um, So now our young man has grown up. He's an emergency room doctor in the Orlando area and he's marrying this beautiful woman and we just feel so blessed to have been invited. Yeah. Um, so can you take a second and tell us a little bit about Milton Hershey School for people who don't know what Milton Hershey School is? Absolutely. Yes. Milton Hershey School is um, a school that was set up that is benefited from the trust of uh, Milton Hershey and I'm not exactly sure. Like the chocolate company Milton Hershey. Exactly. The chocolate company Milton Hershey and the school I believe owns 51% of uh, that entity so Mm -hmm. that um, into perpetuity there is um, you know funds for the students that attend Milton Hershey School. The students that are selected come from homes it used to be mm-hmm. all boys from uh, that were orphans, and that has really changed. Right, they so they changed that is, model, but to making correct. sure that it's students who are in need of that type Completely. of full living support, full living yes. support, mm-hmm. and they can enter as early as age four, yeah. mm-hmm. um, and then I think that they come through high school sporadically, but the the majority of the students come early Younger. in their life, mm-hmm. and it really is a gift that their families give to them. Mm-hmm. Um, what a what an incredible thing for a mother or a grandmother or a cousin mm-hmm. to give up control of a child and let them be raised and by to say, an Here's entire community. Best for you. I know this is best for you, so I'm going to let you go. Mm-hmm. Can't yeah. imagine what that would feel like. Well, and the other um, really cool part of that is that they provide college resources then as yes. well. They so do students through high school, and then if they are right so inclined mm-hmm. you know, to earn 
post high school resources. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily always have to be right. for college. It could be for sure. trade. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sounds we, like that was a really pivotal time in your lives together to have this incredible you know piece and it doesn't surprise me because you're both so community minded and and the differences Mm -hmm. that you can make and so yeah so how did you continue on that love of service and community to your children Um, I know both of your girls and they they both have continued to be uh you know what we call community warriors I mean Mm -hmm. there's no doubt in this how did you guys go about really making sure that that relationship continued on so that they would develop uh, well as you know you can (laughs) never impart everything that you You want into your children (laughs) Um, but really modeling for them Mm -hmm. um, our motto in our home was always the more the merrier Mm -hmm. and that was always an open extension open invitation to anybody who needed us Mm -hmm. Um, whether it be during the holidays when they didn't have a place to go home um, just really important that our children Uh, We knew we were blessed to be able to clothe and feed our children on a daily basis without worry. Mm -hmm. That is not the case with everybody in our communities. And I remember um, volunteering in Hummelstown at the food bank. And Carly would go with me when she was in high school. And she would end up recognizing Mm -hmm. some of the, the people that would come in that we would serve. And it was very important for me to get her to go out from behind the serving area and just go talk to that person and understand that they're just like you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They just may need a little bit of help at this time. Of remembering that we can serve dignity as well. Like it's not just food and it's just not handing supplies or, you know, whatever that is, that, that is one of the things I love about the caring cupboard and and Shiloh's heard me say this a thousand times is that I love that that is set up as a, as it like we go shopping and we go to a store because when I was a kid and you did a food drive, it was whatever we didn't want to eat in the pantry, right? That's such, was such the wrong way. And I can remember my parents taking me and saying, no, that's not really what this is about. This is about what would, what would someone choose? What do they want? What makes their family thrive? And you want to be able to to help people do so, so. absolutely yeah, yeah sure so understanding that and olivia um she has her own set of heart um she is so caring and so kind and she gravitates to children who are special needs mm-hmm. and um that just you know and that's what she's in school for that is she is she a is first for. year student she's first year right student at millersville she's and she is right yeah. and and so and she's studying special ed and elementary elementary ed. education yeah. yes Mm-hmm. So she had her first placement yesterday and absolutely loved every minute of it. So oh, that's great. always right. So it you, is. That's a big hurdle. You, love that, you yeah. love that confirmation that okay, I went there and I did this and I saw it and it does. It does feel right. It yeah. does. Good. You know, I'm so glad. That's fantastic. Yeah, awesome. I'm so glad. Yeah. So you, your organization has been kind of involved in the care and cupboard in some capacity over the last couple mm-hmm. of years and just wanting to be involved, um, which is really great. And we appreciate it so very much. But mm-hmm. what I really appreciate is that you see the, like we talked about the dignity side of things that you understand that, you know, when you have a choice pantry and you're able to do those things, um, you know, I guess what does dignity what have you seen dignity do for people who may not have, and and what has that done for you? And because we we all earn something back from oh, giving, absolutely. right? We, we can't we can't say that you yeah. know service is so not about just the giving piece right? of that. We better yeah. be wise enough to learn back, yeah. right? Yeah. Absolutely. And there are um, there have been occasions where I've been able to help someone with just simple budgeting, mm-hmm. um, and someone will call and say, "Do you do this service?" Well, we don't. But mm-hmm. I would love to help you and just be able to provide a framework of knowledge mm-hmm. uh, for someone to walk in the door and be able to walk out with information that might help them just on a weekly basis, whether it be how to budget my money to, so that at the end of the week I have $5 that I can go and buy a Starbucks coffee. Mm-hmm. That's and have stability. And have a little yeah. bit of right mm-hmm. normalcy and stability. We've all known... Uh, those families that had to use the food bank growing Mm -hmm. up and it didn't look anything like it looks today and it was uh, for students who had to somehow be recognized at the cash register that they weren't paying with money they were paying with a A ticket ticket. Mm -hmm. Um, and having having seen and known that um, right the dignity piece means everything Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. amazing what kindness can do. It right? is. Mm-hmm. What that can bridge. Mm-hmm. We talk about that a lot. You know, families come in and they're they're uncomfortable having Correct. to be there. And, you know, being a social worker and just knowing and seeing so much, you know, I just let everybody know, like, we all stand on the precipice, right? One job 
issue, one major illness, one accident, we're all on the other side of that receiving line. And and that's, you know, what we try to keep in mind, you know, Mm -hmm. thinking about it as as it's, it, this is me tomorrow, potentially. And I always try when I'm able to help someone and if they're gracious and, you know, if they ever say, you know, is there anything ever I can do? And right, that's always the case where you want to step and say, pay it forward when you Mm -hmm. can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, we participate in a program um, called the Christmas Smiles. Um, our business is a donor to it. And at Christmas time, we uh, go to all the schools and we talk to the counselors and the nurses and say, you know, who could use some extra help mm-hmm. at the holidays? I know normally at the holidays, that's the time when everybody thinks of, you know, the Christmas drives and we participate in all of that as sure. well. But sometimes there are people that need it that would never step forward right. for it. Kind of fall um, off the radar. They do fall yeah. off or the that, radar. Or that in-between, those who need help, but it's not to the... They don't want to ask because they're like, well, there's people who need who so need much more, more than me. And yeah. you're like, yes, that's true, but yeah. there is a there is a, an assistance that can happen in-between. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've... Those interviews are so special. Mm-hmm. And those times of delivering those uh, gifts mm-hmm. are so special because it is more one-on-one. They do not have to be publicly recognized, um, but that's always a question. What can we do? Yeah. People want to do. The next time yes. you have the ability to pay it forward, just please do mm-hmm. that. That is what it's all about. It's how you mm-hmm. close the loop, right? That is how you yeah. close yeah. the loop. For, For sure. sure. So with so much to do in yes. communities and, and so many organizations and so many people needing assistance, mm-hmm. how do you think we should go about this whole balancing how we do the, the best and most good for the, the most amount of people? I think? think that... Um, The idea of the Palmyra Give is just extraordinary. Well, hello. There we go. Apparently, that's... It thinks so, too. Okay, yes, absolutely. For sure. Extraordinary. Mm -hmm. Because I think that does do the most good for the most people. And people got to be able to choose an organization, but then there were incentives to give more. Or um, I think that idea... To be able to have one uh, either day or location that people can go to and know that their gift is going to be either multiplied um, across organizations, that's just mm-hmm. extraordinary. One of the things that came out of that that was so, you know, not even on the financial end of things was the awareness yes. of how mm-hmm. many organizations are doing such Correct. incredible things. And for yeah. me, it was so exciting to watch all of the youth in our community because Absolutely. this is a really, our, our youth really do care about doing so much service. It's built into classes it's built into organizations it's built into all these things and to see them on such a day like that out there doing and many times children had to you know they were running from this organization from two to four (laughs) to that one from four to six and you know it was it was exciting and fun and that energy of being together and doing this great good was so fantastic Yeah. yeah Absolutely. So yeah. we're excited to replicate success this year. Yeah. I can't so, wait. Yeah. I'd love to be involved with it. For well, sure. thank you. We, well, we would love we, that, actually. You're, you're on our list, our short list of people. You are. Too. We would love to have you come and be involved in Paul Meyer's Great Give. Yeah. Um, it, it really is exciting to celebrate so much good that happens in our, in our small and lovely and thriving city here. So yeah. it would be great. Yeah, so. yeah mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah. We're, what we didn't expect was how much good has come out of this. Like we just thought, you know, we did this thing and like, well, you know, whatever. And my husband came home from a meeting one day and I said, how'd your meeting go? He's like, well, I didn't get what I wanted, but you got what you wanted. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Mean? Was that they had this whole conversation about Palmyra's Great Give and how there were some sponsorship opportunities that we're going to explore for this year. And, you know, again, small town living, right. Mm-hmm. That like they knew that who knew I was who? connected right. to whatever. And so, yeah, it's funny. And I'm sure that happens in your life a lot with, you know, mm-hmm. this person knowing this person and connecting you and yeah. yeah the relationship piece of my life sometimes can be a curse because I do know yeah. someone everywhere I <laughs> you go, also always. can't go out on a Friday <laughs> right, night absolutely. that someone doesn't yeah. order you no. about a podcast and I had talked to mm-hmm. right, two other yeah. friends I ran to Jennifer Cuso who uh, is yeah. you know yeah. in the Lebanon mm-hmm. tourism and I'll right. yes. hoping to have her on at some point. We yeah. are, yeah. for sure. And she wrote a children's she book, did. and Lebanon that's exciting. Yeah. No, so sweet. Yeah. So sweet. It's really that's exciting. Really cool. But how, yes. how did that impact your, your girls growing up? Was that a, Did they see that as a curse, that you knew so many Sometimes. people? Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes. 
And then, mm-hmm. you know, when you're Olivia and your father's the high school principal, mm-hmm. you know, everything's under the microscope. But mm-hmm. Scott um, and I would um, commiserate over that once in a while yes. because our, our children, uh, Aaron graduated last year with Olivia. They were yes. in the same class. And we said they're both probably thrilled and happy that we know everything in their lives. You know, there's there's no doubt that there are times that it benefits them. Yeah. You know, Scott can say to me, hey, I notice Aaron walks in every day right at the bell. And I'm like, yes, yeah, Scott, you feel free to burn his butt <laughs> right. you know having those conversations in knowing that you're on the same page of parents yes. and administrators that's really helpful it's also tough whenever you know a teacher stops you in the hallway and tells you something and you're like if mm. I'm sure my kid you know I'm yeah. sure they would love to be able to have that fly under the radar sure. and I'm sure that yes. your children felt the same way yes. especially Olivia having her dad as the principal at the yes. time I'm sure it was a lot right. so. so it's, great. it's always oh, always really exciting though when when uh, your husband is caught doing something he shouldn't be well not I mean I say that in a bad <laughs> way but um, <laughs> Uh, I, it was not this past year, but the year before, leading up to our gala, uh, our November uh, dinner, I had to call a golf course because I needed to get some passes from him. Okay. And so I call, and it just so happens that it's the manager of the golf course, and I know him. And okay. Hey, how's it going? He's like, good. What'd you need? I'm like, well, I just need to pick up two passes for me, but I can come over later today to get them. And he said, oh, no, your husband's here. And I said, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> no, my husband is gigantic and, like, you can't he's miss him. He's supposed to be at work, though. Yeah, he's supposed to be at work, right? Because he's told me that he couldn't go do a, a run for me for my dinner because he had a, quote, special meeting, right? On the golf so, course. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm sorry. I don't think he's there, but maybe he is. I don't know. So we hang up the phone and I call my husband immediately. Ring, ring, ring. But by oh my like gosh. seventh ring, he picks up. Hello, and I'm like, "Are you working?" He goes, "I'm always working." <laughs> and I was like, "Wait, I heard that you're on the golf course. Are you really over at Deer Valley?" And he's like, "Uh, I don't know what you're talking about." All right, uh, yeah, I'll be right there, Martha. Martha, his boss. So uh-huh. he like gets off the phone. Hours go by crickets I don't hear anything from him he comes up he comes clean that yes in fact his quote special meeting was a golf meeting too funny see yeah. this, is the, this right. is the not thriving the not, right. not <laughs> thriving not so great in the he's small like, town he's like the one time yeah. I tried to play hooky <laughs> I got caught that is too funny that is too funny I know it's a, it's a great yeah so That's I can understand event. where right. you know not only children but my husband's like can we go somewhere without you knowing someone and getting into a conversation I about know. one of what, the seven right, projects you're doing or whatever when so. I when I first lived in town here I, I didn't small I didn't grow up in small town life as Shyla knows I, I that wasn't really necessarily my parents my mom was from New York City like she grew up in the Bronx like coming to central Pennsylvania yes. was like not we're gonna suddenly it just I think it was a challenge for yes. and understandably yes. so and so so we didn't necessarily live in a community like this that you stayed here. For. I've had, this is actually the longest I've ever lived in oh, one place in my yeah. whole life, and and it was very different. And I I have a lot of friends who were teachers, sure. you know, working at, at the high school, and they would say, you know, they wouldn't live within the district. And I would be like, don't don't you wish you lived in the district? You know, this whole yes. idea. My husband works for the yes. school district. Mark and I, and Mark really believes, but he he works in IT. It's different, you know, it's a different kind of thing. And so they would say to me. Um, it's just a lot to like go to the grocery store and run into people and this and that. And I'm like, really? I love to run in people. Well, then I went to the public pool. And it was the year after we had done a show that had 76 elementary kids in it that year, too. Yes. We had the high school, and then we also yes. had a junior cast that year. And these kids are running up to me, Mrs. Booker, Mrs. Booker. And they're drenched, and they're wet, and they're hugging me, of which I'm not a hugger to no. begin with. So I'm literally standing in my bathing suit like this, and I was like, I said to Mark, we will not be coming back to the public pool. And then I understood. I understood in that it. moment. I was like, I get it. You te- Everybody live where you want to live. You know, right. have it the level Understood 1,000%. I'm sure you did. Yes. I'm sure you do for sure. So you know it is a blessing That's and a curse, okay. as everything in life is. Right, right, yeah. as absolutely, for yeah. sure. Absolutely. Well, Heather, we're so glad that you came on our podcast with us Thank today. Thank you very much for yeah. having Thank you. Thank we appreciate you. talking about the Palmyra big gift. Yeah. Absolutely. Great, great gift. gift. Great yes, gift. Palmyra's great gift. Yeah. So absolutely. And we look forward to talking with you about yeah. it. So it'd be great. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you so Heather. much. Have a great day. Thank you, you too. Thanks for listening. I'm Shyla. And I'm Jasmine. And we're thriving in a small town. It's Kevin and Jasmine and Drunk Shallow. It's time for coffee and booze. Clink!